not here. Oh, my. Pray, church. Pray. Pastor Terrence, he said, we need to have some of the elders come up and speak. And so I am so thankful for this opportunity to come and to share with you this afternoon. I'm not nervous. Are you? I just want to get a sense of the, the church. You, know? you doing okay? Had a good week? football game. We're excited. Why? Huh? Yeah, because our team is playing. Okay? So right now, God's team is playing. And we need to be excited about that. Oh, you're not excited. Okay. So, to kind of help with that excitement, I wrote two sermons. One sermon is for two and a half hours. I think, I think you can handle it. told me, Elder, when you speak, speak with the authority from heaven and only speak for 20 minutes. So can you handle two hours or can you handle 20 minutes? Which one can you handle? Okay, I appreciate Ron. That's my amen corner right there. Our sermon title this afternoon is Jesus Fell Down So That We Could Get Up. Jesus Fell Down So That We Could Get Up. It's so good to see each and every one of you here this afternoon and it is a blessing for all of us to be here. Uh, For just a few moments, you know, I just want to step aside. And I know that the sermon title series is my favorite verse, but before we dig into that, um, I just want to share some things with you regarding what we're doing here at New Movement. Uh, First of all, I want to let you know that I have begun this sermon with the end in mind. I'm beginning with the end in mind. A lot of times we don't do that. We just jump into something, and we just run with it. But really, what we really need to do is think about things and think about how am I going to get to the end of this, but do that at the beginning. For some here, they've heard it, that when does church begin here at New Movement? Okay, when? Okay, you, you, you all don't know that, do you? church begins when you leave, okay? It doesn't begin at 9.30. It doesn't begin at 11, okay? Why do we say that? Why do we say church begins when you leave? Okay, so we're supposed to take the word out that we hear and put it into practice. What else? Okay, because we are the church, okay? This building is not the church, Amen? Okay, we are the 
God has designed us for a purpose, for a mission, okay? What is the mission of the church? Now that we know we're the church, what is the mission of the church? Hmm? Spread the gospel? What else? Don't be shy. I, I, I like calling on people, okay? One of the reasons why the pastor has strategically put me out there at the front door is so that I can get to know your names and so that I can start calling you out. Yeah? Okay? Right, Ron? Candy? Okay. Ricardo? Pat looks like he wants to come up here and, and preach. Huh? Not, not today. All right. Okay. Wednesday, we doing okay? All right. Good, good. What is the mission of the church? Hmm? Love. What does a car do for us? Hmm? Yeah, it's transportation. It takes us from here to there. Okay? So what is the church supposed to do? The church is to take us from here to there. Okay? And the way that we do that is by sharing love, by putting into practice the things that Jesus is teaching us by sharing that with others, by being present, okay? by coming to church, but realizing that church doesn't begin when I get here. It begins when I leave. When I leave. Because what do I take from this? Okay? So what is this service all about? Hmm? It's a gas station. What else? It's to equip us, okay? It's to transform us. It is an opportunity for us to praise God for what he has done. This is worship, okay? This is where we come to release what God has placed within us because of what he's done through us, for us, and by us throughout the week, okay? So... stages you're motoring? Is it in idle? Is it broke? Or is it ready to go? Okay. What's the oil? What's the oil in your car? Hmm? Yeah. What was that? It's the lifeblood. Okay. And for the church, what is the oil? something to be thankful about. That is why we come to church. That is why we worship. That is why we praise God. 
to learn, to grow, to share with others. There are just four things that I want you all to learn today as we worship together. And the first is to know God. The second is to find freedom. And the third is to find purpose. And the fourth is to make a difference. What's the first one? Do you know him? Does he know you? The second? Man, you guys sound like you've been locked up. To find freedom. Okay. What is the third? Yeah, that's it. And what's the fourth? Make a difference. That's what church, during this aspect of worship, is about. It's about to know God, to find freedom, to know your purpose, and then to make a difference. Okay? Do you know what we call that? We call that the next steps. The next steps. Where do you find yourself in that list? Where is God guiding you and directing you? That's what your spiritual car needs to do for you to get you from here to there. From here to there. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being here and being able to listen to your word. We thank you, Father that your word as it comes in all authority and power of heaven that you enable us Lord to realize that your words will hold us in your hands and that contains a message for us today we thank you for the grace and for the preservation of the power of the Holy Spirit within us and we ask O Lord that it will bring us face to face with you and your son, Jesus. Father, we ask that you will enable us to be the people that you are calling us to be. We pray, Lord, that you will guide and direct us as a church of Jesus Christ, a group of people who have been called by your spirit to meet together and to serve you. Deliver us, Father, from the sense of self-glory Enable us to seek you first and to always, always to praise you and not the praises of men. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to take a look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And it reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. Verse 19, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Not an awe-striking voice. It took a couple of times for that particular verse to resonate with me in really understanding what God is calling his people to do. Jesus is really setting the stage for us here in identifying one of the church's missions and what the church should be busy about doing. Jesus is in the midst of his ministry, going out and about, doing life with others, ministering to the needs of others, and setting an example for us. As we look at these particular verses, there are those of us and others that we come in contact with day in and day out, week by week. And what Christ is really saying is that we should be about his business and not about our business. I I really appreciate Pastor Terrence. Pastor Terrence is not a tall individual. It's okay. You know, he's not worried about that. But Pastor Terrence is a tall individual because of what he brings to this church body, what he shares with us, what he pours into us. And Pastor Terrence and I have had some hard conversations, and he's not willing to shy away from that. And sometimes I've shared some things with him, and and he's looked at me and said, well, elder, that's doing me. And what the church really needs to be doing is we. And sometimes we get into that stage in life where everything is about me, me. One of my favorite commercials is, hey, my name is Jimmy. What you got to give me? What, what you got to give me? I'm here. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Okay? Sometimes we act like that. Are we healthy? Do, do, do we have some issues? Uh, wait a minute. Do we need to talk? Okay? So it's not about doing me. Church is about doing we. What are we doing? for the betterment of God's kingdom, okay? Where are we going together? And not where am I going, but where are we going? Christ is saying that, hey, we need to be bringing good news to the poor. We need to be about Bringing freedom 
to those that are oppressed. We need to be about the Lord's business. Are you feeling down? Unvalued? Discounted? Left aback? Uncared for? That's what this world has to offer us. That's what it's feeding us. Okay? Are you sitting at that table? Or are you sitting at the table of Jesus? What are we absorbing? What are we focusing in on? What has our attention? We need to be looking for the oppressed, the blind, the captive, and yes, even the poor. We need to understand what Christ is calling us to become. And that's what this particular verse or verses do for me. They help ground me back into truly understanding what God is expecting of us. What God is looking for us to change into. Those that will bring freedom. Those that will bring sight to the blind. Those that will release to the captive. And those that will bring good news to the poor. What is a distraction? You know what a distraction is? Give me some examples of of a distraction. YouTube? Okay. What else? Hmm? The enemy? Yeah, he's the author of those. They're good and bad. Okay, what else? The TV? Oh, man. She stepped on my toes. Ooh, what else? Insecurities, right? What's that? Nightclubs. Mm, mm, mm. Have mercy. Woo. What else? What else? Huh? All right. Let, let me help you out. You, you, you guys look like you need an assist. Schoolwork. Mercy. Okay. Your job. Uh-oh. Ooh. Now, now, let me say this softly so I don't hurt anybody. Okay? Your family. What? Man. Okay? Cars. Money. Okay? Music. Okay? People who have too much. Okay? Or people who have too little. And then I think one of the biggest ones is this. What, what, what is this? Huh? What, what, what is this? Okay. And, and what do you call it, Sister Grisby? A smartphone. Okay. This is a smartphone. Okay. Why is it a smartphone? Because hmm? it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of distractions in this, okay? Any of you have been uh, texting while you're driving? Uh Uh-oh, I heard somebody in the back. I got a witness. 
Facebook. Uh-oh. Mm. Man, there's some people in here agreeing with you. I wish you could see their faces. Twitter, okay? Yeah, all of those things are distractions, okay? But when they captivate you, when they hold you, okay, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. It's not what God wants for his children, okay? He wants us to be able to move in and out of that. Some of that stuff we need to put behind us and put it away and maybe look at it later. But distractions abound and distractions hamper us from fulfilling the work that God has called us to do. Life has always been causing us to fall. None of us are perfect. We all at some time or another are drawn away by distractions. And we have to let these distractions go. We need to refocus. Let's look at the verse Matthew 6.33. This is a grounding verse. And what it really is helping us to do is that as these distractions of life bombard us, it's really trying to help us to understand what we need to do to ground ourselves within Jesus. Okay? It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. What does it say? Seek. It doesn't say seek it last, seek it in the middle. It says seek it above all else okay? and live righteously like I know you all do, right? Okay? Live righteously okay? and he will give you something you need. Just a little bit of things? No, no, everything. He'll give you everything. Okay? So put God first. Okay? Live a righteous life. Okay? What does it mean to be righteous? Do the right thing. Yeah, right doing. Okay? So if somebody says something bad about you, what should you do? Oh, now. Right? Uh-uh. If somebody says something bad about you, what should you do? Huh? Pray. Okay, what else? Okay, let them know they offended you, and you do that in an aggressive manner? Huh? In a gentle way. All right, good, good. What else? Yeah, don't take it on. Do they know you? And if they do, don't worry about it. Let God know you and them. Okay, so when you're praying, don't pray for them only. Pray for yourself. Okay, if somebody says something to you, just say thank you. Okay, and just smile. It, it'll disarm them. 
I, I can remember a time when I was in college, there, there was someone, you know, I, I thought he was a friend, and he would always say something derogatory about me anytime he saw me. And I just looked at him one I just said, hey, yeah, do you have a, yeah, get it out, because we can talk. Allow God's spirit to work within you within those situations, okay? So seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live a righteous life, and he will add all of these things unto you. Amen? How many of you struggle in doing that? How many of you still need to be tested? What is God allowing to happen within your life to test your foundation? So that when you leave the church, that Jesus can be glorified in our behavior, in our thoughts, in our deeds, in our expressions. This is what Christ is calling us to do. To get out of that old behavior. Set that thing aside. And just change. How many of you enjoy that word, change? Is it a, is it a fun thing? No, it's one of the most difficult things that we have to do in life is change. And we can change for the positive or we can change for the negative. Which way are you allowing God to shape your heart and your mind? Which way is he directing you? I hope it's that change towards the positive. Above all else, We need Jesus. And what we truly need is the heart of Jesus. And the heart of Jesus is heart and soul. Let me say that again. Heart and soul. What? Oh, you guys don't believe that. Okay, what, what, what is it? Yeah, heart and soul. What does heart and soul mean? Everything you got. Thank you. Appreciate that, Pat. I knew it was going to help with my sermon. Okay? Everything you got. Okay? Total commitment. Okay? Focus and free of distractions. Heart and soul. Okay? Jesus is asking you throughout the week. What do you have? What do you have in your spiritual tank? Do you have distractions? Wait, wait. I think I saw Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, no. That's Jay-Z. Hey. Huh? Do you have distractions in your gas tank? Or do you have heart and soul? Total commitment. Focus, free of distractions. 
there are those who will say that Jesus fell to earth. But I disagree with that. Jesus lovingly and willingly chose to come to this earth to set an example and to die for us. Okay? In keeping the end in mind, Jesus began his ministry looking at us, realizing that what he was doing was not for him, but that it was for us, giving of a life to save the lives of others, committed to the cause of others, focused on the mission of meeting the needs of others, freeing them from earthly distractions, and pulling them away from what was holding them. Too often, we give too little in terms of heart and soul. We allow other things to captivate our attention, and we become stagnant. We become ineffective. We become the very thing that others speak negatively about. And we can't allow that to happen. We've got to fight those tendencies. We've got to refocus our efforts and what we're doing, what we're feeding ourselves. We need to refocus. The second of my favorite verses is this of Luke 23, 26. This is a story of one of my biblical heroes, Simon of Cyrene. Okay. Do you know where Cyrene is located today? It's in North Africa. It's Libya. Right now, it's a wonderful place to visit. Anybody want to go there? Verse 26 reads of Luke 23. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. I believe there's some important lessons that we can learn from this situation, this moment in time, where Christ is being led out to be crucified. He's carrying a cross. Whose cross was Jesus carrying? Yeah. It was our cross. It wasn't a cross that was designed for him. But Jesus willingly began and carried that cross. Not only was he carrying that cross, but he was also carrying the weight of the world. And it was pressing down on him. And it got to a point where Jesus was stumbling. He was falling. 
Who was supposed to be carrying that cross? Okay, but at that particular time, who? No, not Jesus. Not even Simon. The Roman soldiers were supposed to be carrying that cross. But they said, "Uh uh-uh, not on this one. We're going to let him carry the cross. And when Jesus could no longer carry the cross, who did they just kind of like politely say, hey, come on over here. Got a job for you. No, they grabbed this man and told him to carry the cross. Simon was having a great day. Minding his own business. And lo and behold, Popo came and picked him up. You all know who Popo is, right? The man with the plan. If you don't have Jesus' hand. Are you listening to me? The man who has the plan. If you don't have Jesus's hand, mm, mm, mm. that's another sermon for another day. Three, got to make it good. There in the situation was a crowd of people, religious leaders. If you please, elders were there in that crowd. There were those who wanted to bring harm to Jesus. They wanted to kill him because what he was preaching was in direct opposition to what they were teaching. There were also others in that crowd, Roman soldiers. And as well, there were women who were wailing and crying. Jesus. Interesting. The men wanted to kill him. The women were crying. The church leaders at that time wanted to kill him. But the daughters and sisters of Christ were crying for him. And there was Simon in the midst of the crowd. By all of the rumblings, the noise that was going on, so to speak, the distractions. But this one event in what is termed a divine appointment in heaven, sorry, in human disappointment. Here was Simon minding his own business. Here were soldiers that seized upon him and told him to carry the cross behind Jesus. I believe there are lessons that we can learn from the situation regarding Simon and Jesus. That no one, first of all, can you can condemn you serving and following Christ. 
The only three that died was Jesus and two thieves. It didn't say that Simon died, but what it says was that Simon had to carry the cross. He didn't have a choice. He had to do it. It was forced upon him, but he took it up willingly. You know how life is. Everything is going great. Life is so wonderful. Then evil comes. But evil can't stick around when you're following Jesus. When evil comes, just follow Christ. Do for others what you may not even be willing to do for yourself. Get out there and help somebody. Minister like Jesus did to the oppressed, to the blind, to the captive, and yes, even to the poor. Get up and do something for others. We need to get up for Jesus. We need to get up for Jesus. We need to get up for Jesus. Why? Because he fell down here for us to give you life, to give you life, to give you freedom, to help the oppression that's holding you down to be lifted off of you. Help you where you're poor, you're broken, where you're deficient in life, to fill that need, to pick you up. Jesus is not asking you to die on the cross. All he's asking you to do is carry it. Carry it. Carry it behind him. When you're following Jesus, carrying the cross. He'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. He will lift you up. Earlier I said that in preparing this sermon that I looked at the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Get up for Jesus. Exercise heart and soul. Pure commitment. Pure focus. Free of distractions. Not allowing this world to hold you back, but allowing Christ to lift you from here to there. Don't you want to get there? Don't you want to get to heaven? I know sometimes we get caught up in things and our focus is here on earth, but the true mission of the church is to bring about change within the lives of people. 
It's to help them to discover who God is. It's to help them to understand that we have got to do something. The next slide. I've been kind of hearing this thing in my voice. Begin with the end in mind. Begin by making a difference. Because in my own fear, I don't understand what Pastor Terrence is sharing with me. It's not something to shake my confidence, but it's something to help me to understand how important that role, that responsibility is. And it's not about me standing up here going, It's about me standing up here and understanding who is the pastor of this church? Who is the pastor of this church? Who is your pastor? Jesus. Okay? You know who Pastor Terrence is? He's the under shepherd. He's the under shepherd. Okay? And who's the head elder? second on the shepherd. Okay? This is not my church. This is Jesus' church. He's the one that's here. He's the one that's guiding us. He's the one that's working in our life week to week to week. Helping you to understand that all you need to do is just carry a cross and follow him. Follow him. Take the next step. The next step is making a difference. Take the next step. Find your purpose. Each of us has a purpose. Each of us has a calling, a talent, a gift. Okay? It, it, it 
It doesn't have to be something that's, you know, awe-inspiring, okay? If I took that guitar, you know what my talent would be? Clearing the church. Because if you heard me play, you'd be running. That's why I appreciate so much Becky and what she does in sharing her talent, preparing us for worship. things in life that are holding us back could be substance abuse be violence could be lack of an education lack of opportunities find freedom in Christ I'm an engineer and the only thing that's good about that is that I know how to fix things when they're broken what? Jesus is an engineer. He fixes what's broken. What's broken in your life? What have you turned over here to him to help you fix? What freedoms are holding you back that you're not allowing to be able to experience total freedom? Find freedom in
and get from here to there. And we begin with the end in mind. Praise God. Simeon, what a great message. What a great reminder. In fact, I want to give my hosting job to Elder because he just, in one message,